Oh, Stephen, Jackie, listen, look, look. Oh, is that the new release date for Caravan? Oh, has Faustian Nonsense Network been bigged up on the socials again? Oh, oh is it the casting call for Midnight Burger? Oh, even better than all of those. Seriously? Seriously? Oh, I'm more serious than Kareem Cromfley's eyebrows when he's directing. Mm, that, that is serious. serious. I think us being here together has opened up a, a, a rainbow spectrum portal to the near future. Look, see? Is it good? Right? Orange? It's a doorway through it. I see harmony. Yeah. A beautiful world where all of us in indie audio fiction are lifting each other up with praise and support. Hashtag audio fiction love. Yeah, and sharing episodes and solidarity and celebrating cast and crews and brilliant stories. Throwing and money, money at Kickstarters? Kind of, where possible. Yeah, and, and going to live shows. And oh, yeah. Hope you get a good audience for Cyclone live event on July 8th in Chichester. Yes. And beyond Shakespeare's Bothworth Field on July 20th in Sudbury. And have you seen the lineup for London Podfest? And are you doing another audio drama hub podfest? Yes, it's Stella. And oh, I hope so. Check the show notes for any ticket info. And, and, and oh, look. Look, the portal is showing people making amazing shows they truly, truly love. Oh, it's beautiful. beautiful. With diverse teams. Yep. And. People are treated well in a just-make-your-own-thing kind of way. And there's great advice and places to connect and be part of a burgeoning community. Sure is. And, oh, look, look, listener, there's amazing folks who are striving, bringing more people to listen to audio fiction because content is king. Or queen. It's queen, king, prince, princess, whatever royalty you want to be honest. But, yeah, it is important and it's happening right now. Let me see that portal. Yeah, let me at it. folks. Shall we pull? hands? Oh, I'm scared. Yeah, it's okay. okay. We, we got, got you. you. Ready and jump. Wait, but it is now. It's still right now. Yep. Wait a minute. Listener, can you see this? We just jumped out of the front door. Landed on the welcome mat. Oh, oh sorry. I landed on the sound effects player. Sorry. <laughs> But look at this place. I know, right? All this, all the things we want, it's all here on our doorstep. All of this coolness is right here, right now. And oh, there's so much positivity to share. I, I mean, I, I feel like I'm bursting at the seams with vibes of grooviness. Or, or is that the massive Four Seasons pizza I just had? Anyway, let's spread some uplifting support of this wondrous creative community and celebrate as many of our LGBTQ plus audio fiction making pals as we can for this Pride Month, shall we? Sure. Are you up for that too, Lizner? Groovy! But, but where? Where, where, where can, can we, we do, do that? that? By on Indie AF! Let's. let's! And while we're at it, let's celebrate you too! Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> 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 Whoa, hello and welcome to a super pride loving episode of Indie AF with me, she, her, Sarah Golding. Hello! Oh my. Today, I'd better be on my best behaviour because not only have we someone allegedly mildly dangerous who also allegedly <laughs> is certainly qualified to help you cover up that murder you don't like talking about, a creative founder, fond of Faustian nonsense and a network leader, but also we have a self-proclaimed audio drama fanatic, a creator of music and writing and voice acting and oh, all-round blooming amazing human who certainly has not been living under some sheltered wood. Yes, it's she, her, Jackie, she. 
Gilji and he, they, Stephen Indusano. Welcome. <laughs> Thank folks. you. What's up? How we doing? Hooray. How we doing, gang? Oh, great to hear you. Just in, be involved with you for two seconds longer than I was before is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I'm very excited to welcome you to this Indie AF pride special uh, in the month where we celebrate less perhaps than we should do all year round the amazing people who make brilliant audio fiction across the world from the pride community and uh, I want to just start straight off uh, Stephen I'm going to ask you with regards to who are your movers and shakers in this field and why who or what should we be listening to I mean I'm obviously a little biased I've long been obsessed with kind of the horror genre mm. even before I mm. knew what a podcast was uh, but I gotta say Pacific S Obadiah if you are out there <laughs> my god dude <laughs> Pacific has been uh, just like gathering intellectual properties in his gauntlet mm. like he's <laughs> Thanos sorry like they're <laughs> Thanos and it's just been unbelievable to see what they've been bringing into audio fiction from the broader world and then also uh, allowing us as creators to create with fair pay, mm. with good timelines and organization. Yes. Uh, yeah, Pacific has been yes. just killing the game lately. Amazing. Brilliant. And Jackie, who would you say is your people who are just unmissable right now? Who should be paying attention oh, to? Oh, wow. I am very tempted to just say Fasty and Nonsense uh, shows because I love my people so very much. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> but They are glorious. Yeah, <laughs> so I know, like, Kai Gwillem Pritchard is making season two of Chain of Being right now, and I am so excited about that. And we just had Karen 1% just started, and Technomancy Project season two just started. Um, We've got a lot of stuff going on, even aside from the stuff I'm actually involved in, like (laughs) Supersuits or The Gorgon (laughs) Show. Um, We make too many things. Uh, But yeah, outside of... Our own stuff. Um, I've just been adding things to my uh, to listen list lately, yeah. and it's getting very, very full. So one that I I just added today that I'm excited about is Liars and Leeches. Uh, I haven't started listening yet, but I am excited mm. for it. Uh, I too yes. love some horror. So. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's just so much out there, and it makes me so happy. Yes, huzzas for that. And if you're someone who's making something truly amazing and groovy, then just ping me and let me know. Maybe we can talk about it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and with regards to your, your own, you just mentioned the network there, Jackie. I mean, how does mm-hmm. Faustian nonsense work? Do you think networks are the way forward? Why are they so good for podcasters and podcasts? It's... It's an interesting question because there isn't actually a real definition of podcast network. We kind of made one up for ourselves, and it is not (laughs) the same that anyone else uses as far as I know. So um, I do think podcast networks are awesome. Uh, I I hesitate to go into too much detail with why, uh, just because each one kind of has its own thing to offer. So um, Faustian Nonsense started as a way to make creative collaboration easier so that we could more easily trade knowledge and expertise and kind of share the load a bit uh, while creating things together. But I know there are other networks that are a little more focused on finding ads for their shows so that they can... uh, bring in some money to be able to afford to make more things, which is also really important and awesome. 
network to network, it does vary, but I think that it is worth, if you are a creator of something, it is worth shopping around and figuring out what you want support in and finding a network that can help provide that. Indeed. I, I think that's the key thing, isn't it? Also fathoming what you yourself want and why you're creating your thing in the first exactly. place. And uh, if you listen to uh, the episode with Ariane Nissenblatt released a week, a week or two ago, hopefully you'll have uh, asked those questions of your work already. And if you haven't, you must listen to that and get some wise gems of advice from Ariel. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and Stephen, uh, with regards to your uh, current place in this groovy world, you have gone from strength to strength. I think every other 50 seconds you're doing something new. <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if <laughs> my my sleep is uh, sorry my secret is that I don't sleep. Uh, oh, you do. Yeah, I think that's a common trait. Yeah. Uh, it, do as I say, yeah. not as I do. Please take care of your body. T- try and open your eyes if you and blink if you if you have the same. I do feel that uh, it'd be very exciting for our listeners now to enter into what I call your journey to now section. It's new. It's starting today, and we're going to start with oh, there's the theme music yeah, right there. Thank you. I'm gonna. I'm going to elongate that and sample it. It's just going to be there forever now. Uh, (laughs) So, Stephen, I'm going to start with you. I would love to know more about how you got here right now to this particular day of making, talking to me from your origins of creativity. Um, But I'm going to give you a time limit of like four and a half minutes at most to tell it all. So how did you get here? Stephen Indusano narrated in a style of your choice. Here comes the inspiring trekking music. Off you go, Stephen. Your story. So it's funny because I so I have a theater degree and I started working in theater backstage doing a lot of sound stuff and it just was not artistically fulfilling. Mm. It was you know gig to gig, pandemic hit. I had already been making podcasts for a bit, but none of them were audio fiction. Okay. And what I found pretty quickly was that I had a real passion for the medium. It helped get me through a lot of really tough weeks, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty universal experience, you know, yeah. stories being powerful as they are. And I actually found my way through a lot of your podcasts, Yay! Sarah, and your meetups and, and whatnot really made it clear to me that everyone doing this in, at least in our kind of section of the industry, mm-hmm. is accessible and wants you to succeed also. 100%. And that was, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say different from theater, <laughs> but it's there's not as much direct competition. Okay. And so I just started throwing out auditions and listening to Indie AF Yay. and during COVID, I had the seed for an idea for a show mm-hmm that I've now been writing for two and a half years uh, and counting. And it's delicious, Uh, people. uh, I'm very excited for it. Um, It's called Shelterwood, a suburban gothic, and it's like if Silent Hill 2 met Serial. Um, And it's a lot of my feelings about the draw of the suburbs and missing people and grief and uh, also there's just like scary monsters in there because I love there's them. There's so um, much in the scripts you've released <laughs> to people who are allowed to see them. Uh, yeah, cough, cough. Uh, <laughs> the, and I think genuinely what brought me to this point was just refusing to stop 
trying. Mm-hmm. Like I've landed some really cool parts that I love, but you don't see the heap of auditions that you don't get. Right. And you don't see, you know, the 270-page script for this uh, show, you don't see the 270 pages of detritus <laughs> that has been left along the way. Uh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. And I think you have to love just doing it. So that's how I got here is just doing it and, and finding the joy and just in having the experience of getting to make art with people who I like. Uh, see, that's the key thing, isn't it? I think surrounding yourself with brilliant, fun, loving, same kind of fueled people. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think that's a, a very probably um, trodden path for, for other folks coming from a theatrical background and suddenly finding this wealth of, of, of place to play mm-hmm. in audio, right? Um, so. <laughs> when I managed to hook a few people, the feminist fairy tales folks were DC theater scene people that I had met. <laughs> Uh, and they knew that I did podcasting stuff, and I, I actually, you know, helped them put together the first season of that show oh, as kind of a conceptual superb. thing. And now they're now such a them. force. Like, <laughs> oh. So I feel like I'm trying to send the elevator back down as much as possible. Oh, see, that's key, isn't it, as well? I do feel that uh, seems to be a theme with the, the very best of the folks that I, I've had the pleasure of working with, that that is something really important and uh yeah i I think that that is a very exciting sharing journey so thank you for doing that and now we're on to uh jackie your sharing of your trekking journey to here and now jackie's story (laughs) narrate away off we go year is 2020 and i am uh working a remote job and trying to figure out what the heck i want to do because i went to law school and got extremely disillusioned with the legal system and the ability to do anything worthwhile in it and so I was working uh, with a other previous law graduate uh, in this day job and we bonded over having rejected law entirely and I I used to I used to have some health problems I got migraines a lot and the thing that got me through them was audio fiction. Uh, Night Vale and Magnus Archives and Pseudopod got me through countless serious headaches over the years because I can't look at anything when I have one. So I got to yes. be distracted. A triumvirate of, of healing yes. there. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it was it was quarantine. And so I got this coworker hooked on Magnus Archives as well. Yes. And... One day she said, we should make one of these. And at the time I had done some creative writing. I was writing a couple of books um, and we'd bonded over some of that as well. There's a Faustian bargain theme in a lot of those conversations, which went into our ultimate network name. Uh, But I had no theater or acting or any kind of performance experience at all. And Amy was the one who was like, we should call this podcast Jack of All Trades, which means you have to play Jack because your name is Jackie. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I have never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. But she had directing experience. So it worked out fine. Um, And (laughs) 
we decided this had to be a very queer podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, she played my love interest. And over the course of recording for this, we actually fell in love. Oh, see, um, this is beautiful. This is this is the first <laughs> time I'm actually saying this like publicly too, oh, because she. We're honored to uh, hear this. <laughs> thank you. She is and was married to uh, an awesome man named Luke that is also my partner. So we are a polyamorous throuple. Yes. Um, and we are now officially out to everyone who counts. So I can say this publicly for the first time oh. that uh, the three of us fell in love because of podcasting. Um, so happy Pride. <laughs> happy Pride, uh, everyone. Pride. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm metaphorically wiping that tear of happiness. I think to find <laughs> love in anything is beautiful. But yeah, over making podcasts think, together, even more beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was awesome. And um also, the other thing that came out of making Jack of All Trades together was we met a ton of people who knew better than us about how to make podcasts. Right. And we said, this is like this great network of people. We should do something with that. Yeah. And so we were like, what if we start a network uh, that just helps each other make cool things? And yes. we do, you know, we have a lot of a lot of ambition for Faustian nonsense, but the core of it from the beginning was we all have different knowledge and different experiences and different stories to tell. What if we get together and help each other tell them yeah. um, and then bring in some love? Probably not the same kind of love every time, but it worked <laughs> once. You never know. Just pour it on liberally. There's nothing bad about sharing good love. That's what I can say. Not only do I love this, but I have to point out that the same thing happened to the writers of Mabel. Oh, really so. glorious. <laughs> yes. So, yes. see, the beginning That's of amazing. Uh, things. podcasting. <laughs> this is one big, great loving. Uh, no, th- th- I mean, thank you very much for sharing that. I think quite, you know, personal thing with us and uh, and I think yes wholeheartedly wish you the most happiness ever and uh, thank you and also you know not getting cross with each other about whose story ideas get in next uh, <laughs> but, but we yeah, just make then, everything and then don't sleep it's it's a problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we need to work on our work-life balance podcasters, don't yeah. we, creative yeah. folks? Come on. Sure uh, do. <laughs> it's hard. It is very hard. Um, <laughs> but I mean, collaboratively, I mean, can I um, delve into a little bit of how that uh, collaboration works with, with creativity now? So uh, is there yeah. sort of one lead writer, one lead uh, kind of editor? How, how are you working together? What kind of, what would a, an average week on your, your latest podcast look like uh for us it depends on the podcast um jack of all trades amy and i wrote we were spending hours a day on video calls together so we would have a google doc open and just write it together one of us would be typing and we'd be throwing ideas at each other um and then we'd kind of trade back and forth editing uh but super suits is a totally different ball game i really wanted to try creating a writer's room with several people from different podcasts and so yes. that one is a lot more, uh, we are hanging out in a Discord server, and if someone has an idea for a podcast, it goes in a Google Sheet. If someone wants to write an episode, write the episode for that idea, they claim it on that Google Sheet, and they do an outline. And then once the outline is there, then someone can claim the draft stage, and we kind of pass things around yes. until we have episodes. 
And then every now and then we have a meeting to make sure that we're all in agreement on character arcs and plot arcs and things like that. Um, so Supersuits was very experimental in the writing process, and it worked out really great, I think. And I am so proud. It is some of the work I'm proudest of that I've ever done. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, it sounds like a creative utopia, to be honest, being able to, you know, pitch in and, and in a positive space, be able to play, like fully play. Yeah, right? absolutely. That's um, the goal anyway. Are there any pressures on you to create those things or what, what kind of thing is, is driving uh, to the actual production process? Um, I guess, I mean, I personally am driven just because I want to hear the final product. I want this out there. Uh, I, when we were doing Supersuits, I was show running and that largely meant trying to keep everyone on track, mm -hmm. just reminding people of what they were in the middle of and checking in. But I never had to try to push anyone because everyone was really enjoying everything they wrote. If you weren't enjoying it, it was probably not the episode that we wanted in the show. So uh, it was, it kind of carried itself and then we did casting in the middle mm -hmm. and started hearing actors reading the characters we've yeah. written and that is speaking as a writer of audio that is the most thrilling and motivating experience of my life is hearing the words performed it's unbelievable it's so cool everywhere <laughs> oh yeah steven tell it's us about yours ridiculous why is it ridiculous oh my god i'm so sorry no i just no, wanted to be excited about no, actors. No, this is a collaborative discussion <laughs> it's so come good. on tell us about yeah. your actors well, really amazing. so it's interesting because my writing process has been much more individual although the script would not have been written if I did not have my writer's group. Okay. So once a month, I gather with a few of my close friends and we all bring something. And I brought Shelterwood. Yes. Month by month. And that's how it got written. Because there were some months where I would get to the day before writer's group and I'd be like, oh, God, <laughs> I've written nothing. <laughs> I, I need, I must go back and fulfill the social obligation. Yeah. Um, and honestly... You know, there's this mythology that the best writing you do is when you're inspired and it's like, oh, and when the moon aligns just right. That, no. <laughs> Sometimes your best writing is written out of obligation. Yeah. And in retrospect, you read it and you're like, I can't believe that this was pulling teeth. This is one of the best scenes in the show. Yep. So to the writers out there, I definitely want to say, hey, don't buy into the hype. Write even sometimes when you don't want to because upon editing sometimes that's the stuff sometimes that's the good I, stuff i would also add to that because i think you're 100 percent right i also find that the writing out of obligation gives you the momentum that the inspiration comes the mm. next day mm -hmm. so even mm -hmm. you get both if you force yourself to write you get both the inspired writing and the forced writing and they both can be masterpieces yes, that's subconscious too well mm. honestly just to keep building on this deck of cards do it, do it, <laughs> we're do setting it. up derailing are, Sarah's no, podcast. No, this is great. People are listening in now. They <laughs> want to know this stuff. Go, go, go. <laughs> Sometimes when your writing is bad and you go back and you have to get rid of the entire thing, what comes out next is excellent. Yes. Because what you're doing is you're trying to tell yourself a story that matters and if it's not the right story, you can more easily identify what it is you care about. 
So I have an entire episode of the show that I wrote, you know, 16, 17 pages of, of dialogue and whatnot that was fully scrapped. Okay. And the episode that exists in its place is maybe my favorite of the uh-huh. entire show. So That's it's beautiful. like y- you have to take the good with the bad because it's all right. Yes. Yes. This is it. And it's progress, right? If you're making yes. something and yes. putting it down, then you're also putting that subconscious to work. And who knows what that will come up with next? <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I hope folks who are feeling inspired to write can perhaps contact you folks and we'll put your uh, links in the show notes to where folks can find you. And if they, you know, want advice on how to collaborate or or perhaps want to talk a bit further about writing, they'll know where to find you. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, with regards to your projects, then, I I think there's a lot of talk at the moment about, you know, how important it is to make money for us uh, as an indie Mm -hmm. uh, kind of uh, bunch of amazing diverse creatives and uh can i ask both of you are, are you making money do you want to does it matter to you what are your thoughts on this i'll go to jackie first uh so fn brings in some money uh we bring in money mostly during crowdfunding campaigns which covers production costs but between that for just operating the network we are not even breaking even honestly our uh patreon helps a bit but we We are operating at a loss, and I am currently hunting frantically for a day job to put more of my own money into it because I really want it to work and I want to be able to keep doing it. Um, I would, it is the dream to be able to make enough money from creative stuff that I don't have to do the day job, but I'm going to be doing the creative stuff no matter what. So, The, it the can't money beat is, me away, right? We're yeah. going to keep doing it no matter what. Yes. Yeah. The the parts that I don't enjoy doing, I would like to be able to pay other people to do, though. Like, I, I am not as comfortable doing the marketing stuff. Uh, right. Hiring someone to do our social media is, like, the only way it gets done for me, yeah. at least. Yeah. Uh, and Very unforgiving, isn't it? <laughs> and I think, yeah, Amy is pretty much on the same page mm-hmm. with me on that. So, yeah, it's... It's exhausting, uh, and I want that energy to go into making things. So that's, for me, that's the drive for making money. I would also love for FN to make money so that I could pay the people that are joining the network um, for the amount of labor that everyone puts into this. Now, I'm always very open with people about what we can and can't promise when they join the network, So, but I still... I wish that I could offer more. So I guess I guess what I'm saying is I would love to make money so I could then turn around and put it back into everything that we're making. Um, and that's the dream cool. for me. If you're free to help out with uh, any kind of social media thing for jobs in kind, then ping Jackie as soon as you can. Grand, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, I think that is definitely the dream. And how about you, Stephen? What are your thoughts on making money? So my situation is a little bit different because Mm -hmm. I work for me, right? So I I have an LLC that I use just to keep my finances separate and so I can do things like crowdfunding for (laughs) shows that are coming up, etc. But it frees me up a bit because I'm not obligated to anyone else if I know I can't pay them yet. So my rule of thumb is I prioritize paid over unpaid work, but... I will always take free work if I think that the script is good, if I think that the team is good, or if I just 
like the vibes. Mm. Yes. Um, Because I think that sometimes you improve more on shows where there's no external motivation. Right. Right. If you're doing something for a paycheck, that's going to impact how you feel about the project. Yeah. Um, Even if it's something you love, right? Like, even if it's something you really, really enjoy, it's just psychologically different. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So my goal is not to make a living off of podcasting, which frees me up significantly. Mm. So I'm working towards a degree in speech and language pathology. Oh. Oh. So that I can have my nine to five that I care about uh, and then be done with it, set it down, go home and make art. That's the goal. Awesome. 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 Agreed. So, yeah. And all beautifully valid reasons, right? And I'm sure there's people nodding along. who's like, yeah, that's me. (laughs) You're me. Uh, And and I find that I need the fuel to make my art. Like, I do worse art when I'm unemployed by a country mile. (laughs) Like, if I don't have things that are making me frustrated or inspiring me or making me leave my house, yeah. I, I won't make stuff. It just won't happen. Yeah. So I need the fodder from a career, from a thing that occupies a lot of my time so I can go home and then transmute it into something else. Mm. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah the, only way, kind of phrase, yeah. the only way that I would be able to uh, just run FN as my day job is because so much of running FN is not the creative stuff. It is helping other people <laughs> yes. uh, with the logistics yeah, and the marketing and the creative and the management and everything. So um, yeah. the things that I do for FN are often kind of filling that day job gap and then I have a solo project that I've been writing on the side and that is where that like energy goes when I get it from everything else I do so I totally I know the feeling um I just wish that you know money would rain from the sky or that manifest I didn't have to worry about health care manifest it all everyone's thinking PMA PMA all those things send Jackie's away I, I'm applying for project manager job, so if anyone knows of a project manager job that is remote, please feel free to send it you my must. way. It would Don't be hesitate. Really nice. Stop the podcast now and just send them that application, please. <laughs> uh, so One thing mm. I want to see in the industry mm. for funding, and if you're someone in government, uh, grants, open out grants to podcasts. Yes. Yeah. Both fiction and nonfiction, this is a major, major source of like, you can think of it as public access, right? These are things that are free and available to everyone, not only in your community, but outside of it. Please, if you have the influence, open out your artistic grants to podcasts. We are worthy, we're here, and we're just going to keep growing. There are so many great stories to be told. Yeah, and, and there are quite a few. If you're, don't be scared to hunt around for grants because I think you'd be surprised about the, the things that you can potentially apply to your podcast too, right? <laughs> and uh, I know uh, it was a while ago now, but the Blood Culture podcast got some money from the Wellcome Trust and uh, they had oh, good for uh, them. a big wow. science kind of chunk to the podcast podcast as well when they had uh, medical specialists come on and, and so on and so forth and um, so you know uh, it's important to have a think about what can you kind of uh, I'm not saying bolt on because I, I don't mean just add it on because it will fit their thing but what can you that is at the core of your podcast aims and themes and uh, storytelling mm-hmm. channels just think about bit bit broader does it fit into potential grant places that might be from from unexpected avenues so yeah I think we definitely need to do an episode on, on grants and uh, allocations of funds somewhere so if that's your specialism get in 
touch and we can help educate everybody else. Uh, <laughs> brilliant. That would be great. Thank you. And I think it has to be said, of course, that this Pride Month is worth celebrating every single community-based uh, person who is making anything on this beautiful, rich tapestry of, of works. And I wonder what you think, um, being from the, the community, that uh, what are we doing well right now? I actually have a really specific uh, story about this, if that's okay. Um, So within the last year, I realized that I was genderqueer, uh, that I don't really fit fully within the box of man. Mm -hmm. I've felt really heavily isolated from that concept for a long time, but I'm also definitely not a woman, which is kind of counter to prevailing, uh, you know, stories about what it is to be trans, what it is to be non-binary, what have you, uh, because I haven't always known. Um, And actually, the thing that helped me most was being in these artistic communities. I played a character on Mm -hmm. Rogue Maker, which is an excellent show, show. uh, who's an alien and Mm -hmm. does not conceive of gender the way that humans do. And being able to play a character that didn't have that set of pressures, I think, helped unlock some things for me. And then simultaneously writing Shelterwood, one of the lead roles uh, is non-binary, uses he, they pronouns, um, and being able to put myself in that headspace, giving myself permission to do that uh, was incredibly, incredibly helpful. So I think just being a community where we're welcoming of people who explore as well is hugely important to me um, because you don't people don't necessarily know themselves to the degree that you might think they should. Uh, So I guess my advice is like when you're casting parts, be as open as you can um, because you don't, you don't know where other people are coming from. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, a hundred gazillion percent. And I I think there are certain folks aren't there that have been mouthpieces for getting uh, more consent, brilliant casting calls that are more diverse in nature and the language people like Tarmanir, Ella Watts, Showmark, Ella Fernandez and Will Williams, of course. And all these folks are kind of trying to push out some real important dialogue that we need to at least take in and, and listen to, if not inform our own processes of being that kind of inclusive in our creative teams yeah, yeah. and and how about you Jackie um I I first of all agree so much about everything that you've just said uh that's something that we talk about a lot at FN is when we're doing a casting call how do you approach uh how open you want to be uh because there are certain things you know about the character yeah. but you never know who's going to play that character best and where they're coming from. So our our approach is usually post what you know about the character and don't make any assumptions beyond the those few things. Usually when it comes to gender that you don't have to have a specific um, gender identity or anything specific about the role. Um, and yeah, we, we talk about that a lot every time. And... I would say I don't want to like out anyone specific, but the vast majority of FN is some form of queer and we all get along really well because of it. And we all find podcasting really welcoming. And that's a part of why a lot of us came here. Um, And it's it's really, really made a difference for me. 
I never, I've always known that I was queer of some kind. I've been kind of figuring out where in the community I fit more and more recently. But right. I never felt like I needed the community until politics started getting really threatening and scary. Uh, mm. And Gosh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's not a coincidence that I have thrown myself so hard into podcasting now that everything is, is getting scarier uh, here in the States. It's, it's very yeah. worrying these days. Yes. And so for one thing, it's a great outlet to be able to put all of that anger and fear and frustration into <laughs> my writing. Uh, and yes. sometimes my acting, I don't do as much acting uh, outside of Gorgon Show these days. But, um, mm-hmm. but also just knowing that I have this great community of people, of creative, awesome people who are, you know, whittling away at the minds of the outside world by putting our stories out there i don't i'm not i'm not going to claim that i am changing the minds of our enemies by our stories but there might be some people on the fence who aren't aren't exposed to queer stories of certain kinds who might listen to one of our shows or and it's not just queer but any story every story from a diverse voice that we can elevate is going to improve the world and I really strongly believe that and being in a field that has relative lack of gatekeeping because anyone Mm -hmm. who can access the internet and record audio can make a podcast um, Mm -hmm. I think that's that's such a huge opportunity to to get those stories out there and I think they improve the world even if we can't measure it, but also I get so incredibly happy. Uh, we had a fan reach out to us when Supersuits started coming out and say that they started going by they, them pronouns because they were inspired by our main character. And yes. that was just a, a huge, huge moment for all of us in the writer's room. Um, and I, I feel like there aren't a lot of places that we can make a difference and fight the good fight and this is a way that we can and that's really important to me oh beautifully put and i i must say big love to all the folks listening who for whatever reason can't be their authentic self out in this big beautiful but as you say also scary world and i hope that you find some place to be you as soon as is uh, possible in your particular worlds but um so those also who are helping to you know fly the flag and to celebrate all the uh, the queer community and beyond is and are and will be keep going right <laughs> don't let these uh, awful mouthpieces of just hate and horror put you down you keep going because what you have to say is hugely valid right now and so many people need to hear you so don't let anyone else stop you from being you that's all I wanted to just say yes. and uh, Stephen with regards to your forthcoming show what do you think mm. it's going to um, give to the queer community of listeners what what do you want its effect to be <laughs> well it's funny because it's a show about 
I mean, it, it because I wrote it, it's a show about my relationship to suburbia mm-hmm. and by extension, the idea of normalcy in America. Yeah. And the gothic as a, a mode of writing, kind of theoretically, one of the things it does is it interrogates things that are both repulsive and desirable, right? That's the vampire figure is things mm-hmm. that like you want, but you also hate. And that's a fundamentally queer idea when you get to the base of it is desiring so badly for things to just be okay for you and to not have to think about it and to not have to worry about it. But also knowing that there's something monstrous and inauthentic about that desire. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I... There is no... Stephen that isn't queer. Like, if I existed in a different time, I might use different labels for how I feel. But what defines my experience as a queer person, in fact, why I like the word uh, as, you know, provocative as it is, is because it points to this idea that wherever there's a normal, there's an outside. And the way that I feel about myself and the way that my sexuality is, is just outside. (laughs) Um, So I think that, you know, there's this conversation about explicit representation, which is obviously important because we need to make sure that we're giving resources to queer people because queer people are historically under-resourced. Like, that's all a very concrete conversation. But I, I think when you're queer and making media that's important to you, it kind of just bleeds out of the pores. <laughs> like, you can't you can't make things that are authentic to your experience as a queer person without it coming through in, in one way or another. And for me, Shelterwood, as a gothic horror, I didn't realize that was something that was compelling to me about the suburbs until I started really writing right. about it. Yeah. Yes. And I That's so cool. I, I love it. And and I wonder if, you know, is it due a time that there is, you know, a, an in real world based audio drama looking at the issues of these potential political issues that are affecting everyone you know get some some self-reflecting time in there because i i think we have a lot of sci-fi we have a lot of horror we have a lot of um uh various mixes of those genres some drama um bit of romance a smattering of uh thrillers and suspense and but yeah I don't think we have a lot of like in real life drama based on these things and I wonder if that might be something that might also be utilized to to help hit home the importance of uh, all of the issues you've you've been talking about it's just something to to ponder on (laughs) I'm sure the thing is that it's such a large base of people that are making Mm -hmm. stuff that I I'm certain it exists you know like just people are who they are and people make art when they're compelled to make it, whether it's survival or not. And I I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, like reach out either to this podcast or just in general, like really boost yourself if you're telling these stories because I know you exist. Yes. I am certain yes, about yes, it. Yes, this is the thing. I mean, discoverability is is, is a huge, huge uh, uh, quandary for every single creator, right? No matter what medium you're it's working tough. in. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that uh, we'll, we'll pause that one there because it's time right now for the Quirky Voices Audio Quiz of Audio Drama Loving Joy. 
You have 30 seconds to answer each question, some of which might perhaps be three days of question answering if you were given the chance. <laughs> so you have to be concise and brilliant, as which you'll be. I will tell you who the question is posed to. Are you ready? Let's do it. I think so. <laughs> okay, music of grieviness starts now. Uh, okay, Jackie, what do you think about discoverability? What do people need to be doing to make their show seen? Uh, so many things. Uh, well, the one that we all get stressed about is social media, but if you want to use social media right, use it to connect to other people in the community, connect with other shows and other creators. That is going to be the biggest boost of discoverability. Um but a lot of it, we need help from our fans. Yes. Uh, there's only so much we can do. There's a certain point where we need our fans to be rating and reviewing and recommending and anything else that starts with R that you could do. Uh, it's, it's huge. It, it makes us feel good, but it also helps other people find us. And that's, that's really important uh, on every level for any goal that we have. Uh, we want our stories out with the reach that we can get, the biggest reach that we can get. You are amazing. I agree with that. And, and please feel free to stop this podcast now and go and uh, review all the things that we've mentioned in this show so far. They'll find them on the show notes, uh, including this podcast. Uh, brilliant. Thank you. Uh, Stephen, what are your top tips for awesome collaborating? What do we need to do? How do we find a good team? Resist the urge to tell someone else how you would do a thing. It's okay to have critiques, that's fine. But if you ever find yourself saying, oh, I would have written it this way, or oh, you should you should do this with the edit, resist that urge. It's happening because you care about it, but you're not gonna make your partners happy. Love it, that was beautifully concise, thank you. Uh, Jackie, how can we raise and support queer and marginalized voices and creatives as a potential marginalized person yourself, or even as a cis ally, what can we be doing? Pretty much everything I already said, we yes. wanna elevate the voices that are telling their own stories wherever possible, uh, rather than talking over anyone, so, uh, those ratings and reviews and recommendations are going to be really, really helpful there. Also, if you can back crowdfunding with your own money, that is always great, too, because the the marginalized voices uh, need a little help to be heard sometimes. And so anywhere that you can help financially or otherwise, um, it's everything helps. Really. Brilliant. Same question to you, Stephen. How can we help raise and support queer and marginalized voices and creatives? I'm going to second all of that, mm -hmm. especially the money point, because it is hard to stretch a dollar in this uh, medium. It's a shockingly expensive thing to do with your time, it just because the be. amount of labor involved. Time poor. We are yes. time poor. Yes. I would also say, like, if you're an ally and you are concerned by what's going on in the world, you know, art's great. I love art as an artist, but also consider getting involved in politics. <laughs> like, you know, if you're in the U.S., there's a school board meeting happening near you, and they probably need you there as someone who is uh, not trying to make the world worse. Yeah. So, like, like absolutely indulge your art. You're very in reserved art. there in a beautiful manner, <laughs> but we all know what you mean. Yeah, you know, it's just like I, I love queer artists as, as one of those, but like, 
if that's not what you're good at, if you're not good at like boosting shows and writing reviews, whatever you can do, even if it's just like volunteering yes. at the homeless shelter, more queer people are homeless than like any other subdivision of marginalization. It's a huge problem. So like find your passion and make the world better in your way. That's beautiful. I'm going to get that on a T-shirt, Stephen. Uh, <laughs> okay, different kind of tack now. So, Jackie, name the funniest and the scariest two different podcasts you've ever heard, and why were they so good? Oh man, that's yeah. hard. Okay, funniest. Um, I'm going to go with probably Hello from the Magic Tavern. Amazing. Um, yes. I I am a sucker for improv that uh, they like dig deeper once they <laughs> start in a direction and mm-hmm. they do a really great job of that um, and they're just they're just having fun and it comes through and it's great. Uh, scariest? I don't know. I'm re-listening to Magnus Archives yet again, really? so that's kind of top of mind. I'm sure there are Lights other things passage. that are up there, but. Um, but it's it's just such a classic, and they did such a good job of um, being fairly subtle with the foley sometimes in a way that's very effective. Uh, I always appreciate. That's what you need to listen out for those groovy moments. Awesome. I, yes. I am going to ask you the same question, Stephen. As well, what's your funniest and scariest podcast? And I have to thank you for in the early NDAFs. You were one of my people who contributed to your top five which uh, yeah. people should help find because those were glorious uh, recommends too. But yeah, funniest, scariest podcast, what have you got? Funniest? I mean, Wooden Overcoats is yeah, just so good. I mean, the, the writing yeah. is so tight. The performances are, are really incredible. So I, like, I want to say something less cliche, but to be honest, I don't listen to a lot of humor. Okay. Um, I'm, I listen to a ton of horror, though, so I have opinions <laughs> about this other one. you got to choose one um, baby from that. Come on. <sighs> I want to recommend a show called Video Palace. Ooh. Video Palace Ooh. is a docu-horror, a subgenre near and dear to my heart, produced by Shudder. Uh, cool. And it is... Kind, it's like a tighter version of the black tapes is how I would say it. It's more structured. It has a very specific plot it's building to. And it does some really interesting things with the concept of found footage. Cool. So that's got to be my number one. My number two, I'm going to sneak it in Mayfair Watcher <gasps> Society. How dare you? No, that's Sorry. fine. You're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put links to those on the show notes too so you can find them too. Um, so, Jackie, what resources can you point folks to for support and help in creating better audio fiction? Oh, um, resources. 30 seconds or less. Go, go, go. Yes. Um, ask us. We, we always like to share our methods and our knowledge. Yes. Uh, and any creator, every creator I've ever reached out to uh, has been very friendly and very helpful. Like we are all, we all remember being new at this. So asking people is kind of number one for that, I think. Yes. Um, and I'm coming up blank on anything more concrete than That's that. brilliant because I know that Stephen can help you with <laughs> more resources. It's true. There are a ton, a ton, a ton of Discord communities that uh, are really oh. active. One in particular that I think is a great starting point if you can handle a really, really active Discord server um, is the Audio Drama Lab, I think is what it's called. Gosh, it's immense. Um, yes. I can, you know, get you <laughs> the link to that, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, but they're really particularly focused 
focused on people starting out and exploring your talents and exploring your interests and connecting you with like-minded creators. And I think that's amazing. We're already seeing good work from them. I think we're going to just keep seeing people kind of quote-unquote graduating from them. Go check them out. I totally agree. And there's almost always something happening on there, no matter what time of day I seem to have found with my, like you folks, sleepless days. Uh, <laughs> we've just come to the end of our audio drama quiz of Audio Love and Joy. Well done. Yay! You passed with flying colours, like distinctions all around. Uh, so to both of you. Fail. How would I face my parents? Uh, listen, <laughs> this is not a podcast about failing at all. Everything you do is just about celebrating. And, and that's what the next question is about too, bizarre. To both of you, what are you most proud of so far and why in your creating process? Is there something that's your your baby that you've nurtured for a while or or just a specific thing you did in a one-off fashion? Uh, Stephen first this time. Um, so I'm uh, one of the producers on Body Disgustings regarding Dracula, mm. and that book was the book that got me into like literary horror. I was given yes. it when I was way too young, definitely didn't fully understand it, but I was given like an academic version of it. Yes. So I was like reading footnotes at 12, which explains a lot. <laughs> and we've had people come out of the woodwork and tell us that they're using the podcast to teach the book. Amazing. And that it's reawakened people's love of reading. And That's that, I mean, it, it gets me genuinely choked up. Um, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I love a lot of what I've been able to do, but having that concrete impact in people's lives and yes. re-engaging with literature oh, and with there. story is just, yeah. there's, it nothing compares. Yeah, and it's so immense though too, right? I mean, how you've uh, yeah got that together in what I thought was quite a short amount of time, it seems. Am I wrong on that? I... <laughs> it's it's been a labor of love, heavy on the labor. Yeah. Uh, we. I mean, I was originally brought on as their dialogue editor, and then I just would not shut up about the book. So they, <laughs> so I kind of became the de facto dramaturg, which has been, oh, it's just been a dream, Sarah. Um, well, and that's yeah, interesting. I mean, Tell us what the dramaturg does if people yeah, don't know. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I studied dramaturgy in, in oh my uh, God, Denmark. Sarah. Yeah, so I love a bit of dramaturg. I love I'm, that. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, you're, you're basically the expert on the text, the context, and the subtext for... Yeah. Uh, any given, usually it's in the context of theater, right? So it's mostly on plays that you see that term, uh, thus drama. Um, But I think it's really useful when you're looking at scripts for podcasting because you need to know, for example, if you're doing like a medieval period piece, well, what was the history? Um, How how close are we going to hew to the political system? Like these elements that you don't necessarily see directly in the final product but that matter for direction and for performance and for sound design the dramaturg is basically a professional nerd (laughs) who does the reading (laughs) yeah i i I mean i I think if you need uh, steven to help you out then just jump in and ask but uh yeah i think that's the the key thing isn't it the depth of knowledge you then will give and i i find that is very exciting to have in an an audio podcast and i i would hope that more people are uh delving into what would help to give the characterization and the story more depth by using those kind of techniques brilliant thank you Stephen. and um and jackie same question to you what what are you most proud of so far and why ah that there's a lot that i'm really proud of on an 
on a, I have two answers. I'm going to cheat a little bit. So on the Faustian nonsense level, I would say probably yes. super suits. It's this huge ambitious thing oh. that we had to pull together to make that I has been turning out so fun and getting a lot of yes. really great responses from people. And I'm really happy with how it came out. Um, yes, you've just hit a big milestone, haven't you? Of listens. How many listens uh, are you up to now, downloads wise? It, our milestone was 25k. I believe so. Yeah. That was pretty recent. In quite a short space um, of time. So yeah. congrats on that. That's I'm, brilliant. I'm brilliant, really, brilliant. really happy with how it has come out. Um, on a more personal yes. level, I am really proud of the work I've been doing with The Gorgon Show, specifically yes. because it is an improv show. And improv yeah. scares the hell out of me, which is part of why I did it. <laughs> And yes. so I was like, do what scares you. That's living. Exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> so I, and I just do the horoscope segment, which is pretty easy Im- improv. It's very limited. I have like a, a structure that is very specific that I yes. follow. Uh, but okay. I have been able to get more and more comfortable with it and change up that structure a little bit and work with different guests. And it's just I'm very proud of overcoming that uh, anxiety for that show so okay yes I, I i think that's brilliant do a little bit what scares you every day is the, the ethos isn't it for a good good life and uh yeah I, i'm the same i i'm really scared of improvisation but also absolutely love it um and i i think i've not done much of it in audio and i would love to see more shows come on the gordon that do that. show that aren't yes i would love to <laughs> but no we should definitely that's an open invitation anyone time. who's listening to this that wants to play a monster yes. as a guest on the gorgon show monster. uh Message us on Twitter or email us. It's I am always cool. looking for more guests. You must, you must. Yes, I can hear the, the excited shouts of, aha, then people are <laughs> typing away right now. That's what they want to do. But yeah, I, I think improvisation is such an untapped, uh, in short form especially. I think that, you know, we have, of course, lots of role play games and base games that is, a, you know, a lot of improvisation. But I think storytelling wise, it'd be super to have uh, some more improvised grooviness on the scene. So if you want to do that with me, ping me. Let's just jump on a call and stuff uh, <laughs> that was my call to arms did you see it subtly <laughs> um but yeah and, and with regards to to that i'm glad you can at least you know say something good about yourselves because we're not very good about celebrating ourselves uh, a lot of the time and of course this whole um show is about me celebrating as much as i can of audio fiction one episode at a time but um i i feel frustrated that i just don't have more time to interview more people and get more episodes out every week um what advice i would give myself if i was um kicking this in again would just be to um give yourself a specific edit time every week and stick to that you know like writers have like a 5 a.m get up and write for two hours perhaps kind of situation i think uh, for ndaf i would need to say right monday eight till ten that's when i'm doing this show and just get it in a rigid thing because i've found that real life just gets in the way of these glorious fun things that i also want to do and what advice would you give to yourself just starting out or anybody who's just kicking in what are the key things that you would perhaps go back and and improve um start with you jackie uh I think one thing that I it took me a little bit to get comfortable with in the beginning was this is a side effect of perfectionism, not wanting people <laughs> to see the unfinished version of things, uh, which is a big mm. blocker for collaboration. So get comfortable as okay. fast as possible 
with messing up in front of people and letting people see <laughs> something unpolished, unfinished, even if you think it's bad, whether it is or not, is not the point. It's to yeah. to let it hang out a bit. And uh, it's the only way to truly collaborate on something creative. And I have found collaboration to be the most energizing thing on the planet for creating. So uh, seriously, anyone who is in the position that I used to be in, please work work through that fear as early as possible so that you can get a hold of some of that joy and energy. Yes. Oh, grab the joy, share it, fling it at people. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> and Stephen, your thoughts? <laughs> Sorry, I'm still hung on uh, flinging at people. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> evocative is what it is. So I was um, in the monkey cage today. <laughs> oh, I caught it <laughs> so, immediately. You know. <laughs> it's a very specific <laughs> reference point. Um, no, I mean, my advice would be it's a delicate tightrope to walk between being a fan of people's work and putting them on a pedestal. Mm, okay. And it's a very small community. And when you find any success in podcasting, whatever that means to you, you're going to start encountering people that you've looked up to for years. Yeah. It'll happen because it's mm. just a bunch of people making art. Yeah. And I think it's really, really important both for your own self-esteem and for like the professionalism of your work yeah. to take a moment to be excited. It's okay to be excited, but don't let that make you weird to interact with. Okay. And don't let that blind you to the amount of like work that you still have to do, uh, etc. Like mm -hmm. you should not be a fan when you're working with someone professionally. Sure. You should be a coworker. Yeah. 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 And, and I think that's a very sensible mental shift to, to try and make. Um, and if uh, if ever you, you think that uh, somebody, you know, is above you, I think just put your face in cold water for a minute. Totally. <laughs> and just, just... An honest strategy, yeah. because there will be times where you're starstruck. It just happens. It's a very intimate medium we're all in. Yeah. Have a friend who's not on the project who knows why you're excited and just call them for like 20 minutes to be like, oh my God, and then you'll be okay. Yes, that's true. Have Let it all out to somebody else and then <laughs> jump back in. Yeah, 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 gravy. And I, and I think that there is sort of an underlying thing about general mental health and I've seen a lot of burnout over the last yes, however yes. many years I've been involved in this and I've had some myself um, just because, yeah, everything can get overwhelming and we've all, as a whole world, been through so much these last three, four years haven't we and I think that collective experience is important to acknowledge too but you know it's it is difficult when for example you are making something and it's not getting much attention or downloads or you feel like you're you're actually beating yourself up because mm -hmm. you can't get out on time or you've not done the writing you wanted to mm -hmm. to the uh, time you said you were going to or or perhaps um, you know in real life has meant that you had to let someone down because you couldn't voice act on that time and day because real life happened and you know all these things can like build and build and build and I think what, what are the key things you can um, suggest to folks to to treat themselves more kindly to treat themselves better and Stephen start with you 
you have so much more time than you think you have. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in like a day to day. Like mm-hmm. I'm someone who chronically overschedules, overcommits because I just love doing stuff. And I have to be really realistic with myself about what I can fit into a week. Yeah. However, if something doesn't happen this week and you let it float down the river, that's not a failure. That's a healthy decision you made for yourself. Yeah. And it's... you have to behave long term because making art is not you're not making your one masterpiece even if you are making a masterpiece mm-hmm. you're running a really long 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 marathon because it's a state of being mm-hmm. um so allow yourself to say no to things yeah. and allow yourself to occasionally not do as good as you think you should <laughs> whatever good means to you like sometimes you just have to write a page that feels kind of flat and then like Two and a half weeks from now, you'll have time to go edit it. Just, like, exist as a person to the best of your ability, and the art will come. Yeah. So you're giving me all the t-shirt quotes today, Stephen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And and same to you, Jackie. What what advice would you have to folks? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to second all of that. Uh, And (laughs) not only do you have more time than you think you have, you have more understanding from other people because they are also human. Mm. So... If mm. you yes. and you don't Snaps. you don't necessarily need to tell them exactly what part of your life exploded that kept you from coming through with what you promised, but right. they will understand yes. that life happens and then next time that they're exhausted and burned out and can't come through for you, they will know that you will understand. So it's it's like you're doing a favor for them, really, if that helps you do it. Uh just be be kind and uh expect kindness. It's there, uh, and the audio drama community is full of it. I love it. I'm kind of imagining a, a Cheers bar with the Cheers theme tune and all the people that have ever helped me through yeah. <laughs> through a crazy time are all sat around that bar and then we're raising a glass to, to, you know, the times that have been tough that we've got through. So, yeah, I think that's the key thing, isn't it? Yeah, just essentially listen to all that advice and please be kind to yourself and give yourself time out when you need it go and sit in the sun and put your feet in the grass and walk on that beach of your imagination if you need to uh, from your own bedroom if so you know curtains shut shut down if you want to for a moment but do find time to get sun on your face too Uh, and yeah I mean for both of you what advice do you think you need and where can people send it what do you need help with uh, Jackie first. Um, you know, I, I originally was thinking about some practical things to ask this, but honestly, right now, what I would love to ask advice on is how to stop thinking like it's work when I'm trying to enjoy listening to an audio drama. I have made so many at this point that I miss just listening and letting myself get lost Uh in it. And if anyone has a suggestion for how to get that back, uh, I would love to hear it. That's actually how, that's how I know a show is really amazing is when it turns off my analytic brain. Like when I, when it breaks me out of that, oh, how do they do this? I wonder what kind of microphone they're using. (laughs) Was it synchronous or asynchronous? Like, (laughs) yeah, should I, should I maybe uh, use this as an example for my actors next time I need this kind of performance out of them? Yeah, Um, no, that's so real. Love that. Brilliant. And how about you, Stephen? Um... Man, I mean, I'm just like in a totally different part of my career 
than I ever thought I would be. So, like, if you have good resources on, like, taxes <laughs> or, like, you know, like, really basic. I've read the, like, Taxes for Dummies book, but it was not set up for crowdfunding podcasters. So, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Feel yeah. free to pass that to me once you get those resources. Uh-huh, uh-huh, See, this uh-huh. is the connection you need. Oh, you need the slower in your life. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because success happens fast. Like, I went from booking nothing to having, like, multiple paid shows under my belt in six months. And it looked like that because I spent 19 months booking nothing, right? Like Building yourself up. Yeah, so, I saw you. I, you showed up, right? I saw you on like Audio Drama Hub Virtual Pub. I know, and, and now I'm employed or I'm at school, so I can't do it anymore because it's like 2 p.m. when it's <sighs> night over there. Um, I, I think about it every single month. I hope you, I hope you know. Anywho's, <laughs> um, my yeah, and as further advice, if you are preparing for the long haul to do this and you're really serious about it, start thinking about what happens if you have an overnight success now because. It can just happen to you. Explode. Yeah, it could. Because, yeah, the nature is such as it steamrollers into, uh, yeah, word of mouth and, and all that goes with the, the, the fun time communities. And, yeah, so how, how would you prepare for that, though? What, what do you think? You say prepare, but what do you mean by that? Um, practice not looking at the numbers. <laughs> like, truly, genuinely. Like, don't let the numbers become what you care about. Because when you do that then it becomes a job. And you don't want it to be a job even if you're making money from it. You want it to be passion if you're making art. And we love our listeners, don't we? Like you listening right now. We, <laughs> we do. We love you. I know. And, and I'm guilty of it as much as anyone else where you want to look at the page that shows you line go up <laughs> yeah. and line go up equal self-good, but you can't do that long-term. It is heartbreaking yeah. because you're you're not going not everyone on the planet is going to listen to your show three times a day there's always going to be a cap and you just have to be comfortable with taking the emotional wins from what you actually care about which is did i make a thing that i cared about did i enjoy doing it did it touch someone's heart yes that's what you care about yes and i'd say in this instance for this show anytime someone retweets it that's like winning any oscar or any amazing award that you could ever get someone just taking the time to ping it out to someone else to find means a lot Uh, and any communication that I get well I I pretty much fall on the floor if someone uh, you know gives me some actual feedback so so thank you to those who have done that and if you're gonna do it you're amazing too Uh, (laughs) and what is missing then right now from the output of audio fiction creatives what do we need more of on the scene especially for pride month folks who are listening to celebrate all that is uh, the pride community that's really hard because I I feel like every time I look for anything, I find oodles it's of it. There. And what I'm missing is the time to listen to okay. it. Um, <laughs> I love that. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I need some kind of time travel machine that allows me to catch Squeeze up on what is already out there. That would be great. Um, the bigger on the inside but, thing we need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's just so much going on and it's escalating daily and it's great mm. and it makes me happy, but it also makes me feel falling behind all the time. <laughs> so uh, You must never feel that that you're just doing all you can, as you said, day by day. Oh, uh, yeah. And Stephen, what about you? Do you think there's anything missing? Would you agree with Jackie? I, I actually mm. do. Um, I think that it's 
it's really, I think, how do I want to put this? I don't disagree with the idea that anyone can make a podcast. However, there are some real monetary and time barriers to a lot of people who are just trying to scrape by and we need those stories desperately desperately we need those stories accessible to the world and so i think what's missing is um a kind of institutional incubation we need in the community it's not enough to make our own representation we need to be building towards systems that actively like lift up materially creators who otherwise would not be able to create Um, and that transcends queerness that's across you know race disability all all people's that would otherwise not have access to this supposedly accessible form of creation. Like, I think what I would love to see genuinely um, is people starting to make time for volunteering to help other people make shows on, like, a more regular basis. I would love to see, like, a collective that does that. And it's hard because we all want to make our own stuff, but we need to be really intentional, I think, about lifting up queer voices that don't have the means otherwise. I love that idea. If that's something you feel like, yeah, I feel passionate about that, ping something on perhaps the Audio Drama Hub on Facebook or any of the Discord groups that you're in and see if you can get some some folks together to make something amazing happen. Um, brilliant. And and with regards to like the this future, this stepping on the doorstep kind of bright uh, situation we've got ahead of us, like with every footstep we're taking from now on what what is the future of audio drama really like Stephen? what do you what do you think needs oh, this to is happen what's magical it? about it is that we're still so young that no one no one can predict it right there isn't mm. a crystal ball um, i think a lot of people really want podcasting to become kind of an ip development platform that can be kind of milked by Uh, Hollywood, for example, or television creators, but that's just never what it's going to be because these stories can only be told here. Mm -hmm. Things are being written that can only be told as podcasts, not even just as audio, but as they exist on the RSS feed. Um, So I think what we're going to see is we're going to see a real struggle to maintain RSS because it's not privately controlled by any one company. I'm looking at you, Spotify. Indeed. Uh, (laughs) Mm, Me too, we're glaring. Look, mm-hmm. you're glaring too, Jackie? Yeah, we're Oh, glaring. yeah. Mm-hmm. All my homies <laughs> hate Spotify. Anyway, um, so I think we're going to see that. But honestly, good luck putting that genie back in the bottle. <laughs> I think we're going to see what we always see, which is that uh, someone is going to come in with a piece of art that blows everyone out of the water. It'll change everything for the next five to ten years. And then the next person will come in and blow everything out of the water. We've seen it. We've seen it over and over again. Oh, I hope you're listening. Even in horror. That person. You know, like black tapes, yeah. Magnus archives, mm-hmm. these absolute tent poles that then go on to inspire the next generation. Yes. Like, this is how it should work. Yeah. And I think it's just going to keep doing that for as long as the infrastructure is there to allow it to do so. Huzzahs, may that infrastructure st- st- strengthen and grow. Uh, <laughs> and and as, as a final parting shot, folks, with regards to all of our listeners now, whether they're queer or not, um, what do you say to inspire them right now to just get on and do it, to get on and create? Jackie, what are your thoughts? Inspiring music start. 
Oh, I want to listen. Uh, and I know so many people who want to listen to whatever you have to say and create and put out into the world. So there are ears waiting for for anything that you can make. And if you feel like you are alone in the stories you're interested in, you're not. Make it for yourself and you will find your people through the art. I love it. That was beautiful. I'm, we're on the balcony looking up at you saying that. Glorious. Thank you. And Stephen, <laughs> your final parting shots of inspiration for all listening to Get On And Do. I second that. And I also want to add that it's particularly important for queer people because queer people are everywhere. And sometimes we're not lucky enough to be in an environment where we can see and hear ourselves represented. And if Mm -hmm. you know that there's a hole in your representation that you have not heard yourself in podcasting, you're not alone. And the people that are not alone with you need to know that there is a togetherness they do not see yet. Yes. We need that. I love it. And finding ways to collaborate together. Where would we find kin, other people? Where would you send people, Jackie, Stephen, to to, to find other people to work with and collaborate with to, to make these stories happen? If there's someone who's like, yes, I, I want to do it, but I don't know where to go. Yeah, it's it's a little tricky right now. Um, I would yeah. I would definitely second Stephen's earlier point about Discord communities, uh, but so much of the community is on Twitter, and Twitter is not the most sustainable and welcoming place right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where we're going after Twitter. Um, I feel like we haven't found our our agreed on second location yet. But uh, true. But follow us there, and hopefully you'll catch where we go next. Um, Yes. Wave the flag hard and high. Yes. 100%. (laughs) It's just tough right now because all of the tech platforms are turning hostile at the moment. Uh, Reddit, Twitter, all of them. So... Yes, changes yeah, afoot, isn't tough. it? And uh, I would, mm. I would also say, look local. Okay, right. like a lot of local libraries have podcasting equipment that you can. That is rent. true. Which is if you're very in a major cool. metropolitan area. There are studios that want you to use them, yeah. and there are people that need actors, that need writers. Um, if you're in a more rural area, like there are probably get-togethers of queer folk in your community that you, you know, you can be a part of, and those people might become your creative partners, mm. even if that's not how they start so find community where you can get it and then make your art out from that community don't necessarily have to go the other way around yes yes thank you both of you for all you said and uh, this lovely episode that we've uh, have had the pr- privilege to speak to you on today and and i really hope that you listening have have enjoyed the the definite beautiful mouth spouts of Stephen and jackie today um, <laughs> my brain is no one has ever said that that's yeah that is think god's ever... original sentence <laughs> it's from sarah's brain live to you right <laughs> second so yes spontaneity see how it'd be brilliant at improvisation folks but no i've really very much enjoyed our chat and i honestly know that uh, some people listening have been very inspired and uh, and and moved by some of the things you said so thank you both of you heartily and i i wish you both the very best of, of fun and excitement and joy flung at you uh, from all quarters in everything that you are going to and are right now 
you're creating. Thank you for what you're giving to the community too. Um, so yes, keep going, stay amazing, and thank you for coming on Indie AF. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Have the best fun. Woohoo!